0: Hello and welcome to another episode of the More Familiar podcast. I'm your host, Harry Clark. The onset of the coronavirus pandemic has forced the vast majority of employees to work from home and adopt a new approach to their usual working routine. For this week's episode, I spoke to Cole Reynolds, a legal intern who has spent the best part of the year working remotely. We discuss his approach to working from home, his tips and advice, as well as a discussion as to whether it's here to stay for the long term. Let's get into it. So, hi, Cole. Thanks so much for coming on the show. Absolutely. I'm, I'm really excited. Uh, I think we've got a lot of great stuff to talk about.
1: So, I'm ready to jump in whenever you are. Yeah, absolutely.
0: Um, I really appreciate it. I know we were speaking off air. Uh, this, this is your first podcast episode. So, um, I hope that it's enjoyable for you and that you have a good time doing it. And I know we've also discussed you're actually going to be launching your own one shortly. Um, but we'll, we'll touch on that at the end of the episode. Yeah, so we got in touch through Twitter and um, you were talking about offering... Um, some tips and advice on the purpose of today's episode which is all to do with remote working and at the time of recording here in the uk most of the country is on shutdown people are being forced to work and isolate at a home and i'm sure it's a similar situation where you are in the states and so i'm sure that a lot of people are currently transitioning from that kind of typical office environment to one of working at home with all the distractions and the kind of difficulties that that might bring um but before we get too much into that, just before, uh, you know, for people who haven't had the opportunity to speak with you before, what was your sort of background to date and uh, I guess your initial experiences and, and your kind of track record of remote working?
1: Yeah. So I am a first generation uh, law student for my family. Uh, so really going into law school, I didn't have a lot of background, uh, not a lot of real exposure to the inner workings of what it's like to be a professional in the legal field. And. Um, But what I really kind of clung to was at my law school at OU Law, we have the digital initiative. Uh, And so along with that, I kind of dove in and got really involved. Uh, And by the time it came for applying for summer internships and the like, uh, I really wanted to do something different. So it just so happened that one of my classmates had worked for a lawyer out of Missouri, and I'm in Oklahoma. So I got in touch with him he was looking to hire another law clerk Uh, so i jumped on board with that Uh, and again just looking for something a little different uh, kind of testing out the waters of what could be possible with the legal profession do i need to commit myself to you know working 80 hours a week as an associate and climbing up the ladder or is there a better way to do this so i started working remotely and i really enjoyed kind of the freedom and flexibility of setting my own schedule. I still had deadlines, but, you know, I was working from home. I could go out for a walk or whatever whenever I wanted to. And so that was initially really nice as I kind of learned more about what it's like to work as a lawyer. Um, And then I've just retained that position through this semester. So I started last May and it's coming up on almost a year now that I've been doing it.
0: No, that's fantastic. And um, I guess in that year experience, you've learned a lot of things about the practicalities of working from home and working from home as a lawyer, because I'm sure there's a slight difference between the two. Um, so, you know, when you first started out working from home, I'm guessing you had probably had, didn't have much experience of doing it before. What was it like those sort of first few weeks of trying to stay productive and getting used to your schedule and setting your routine and things like that? Well, just like
1: almost anything, right off the bat, you have the excitement of starting a new position. So it was actually a little bit easier for me the first week or two, uh, to stick to my schedule. But once it got more mundane, more repetitive, it got harder for me to stick to. So at that point, I started having to schedule more, uh, more detailed basically. So I would go down and schedule each hour of my day as to what task I needed to accomplish, uh, when I could do the dishes or when I needed to stop to cook dinner and stuff like that. Um, But that structure became really, really important because without it, I would just get distracted. I would get off track. I would stand up and it'd be two hours before I came back to my desk. Uh, Mm -hmm. But once I started affirming my schedule more frequently, uh, it was a lot easier for me to come back and know, okay, I have to get this motion written uh, or I have to get this research done today or within Mm -hmm. the next couple hours. And that really kind of just glued me to my desk. And I knew once that task was done, I could get up, I could do other stuff, uh, and that
0: really helped just kind of balance my off time and my work time while at home. No, for sure. And I think for quite a few people now who are listening, they're kind of going through those initial changes of those first few weeks of the office environment to that to that kind of working from home reality. And you've outlined the importance there of scheduling. Um, and I think that's a really important tip. Getting that routine down and getting that to-do list of what it is that you can and can't do each day is a, is a great first step. And I guess when it comes to the actual, you know, you're sitting at your desk and you're ready to go with that workplace, what is it that were, were your sort of biggest tips for staying productive? Was it the case that you had a, a dedicated study space or an office space? What was your sort of go-to approach when you were working from home?
1: Yeah, So my wife and I, we have a house that has three bedrooms. Uh, we got really lucky finding it. So we mm-hmm. converted one of those to a home office. So I have a desk, a printer. I have a door that I can shut. Uh, it's really nice to just have this space where there's no distractions. I shut the door and it's essentially an office space for me. Um, I know a lot of people don't have that, but if there's any way that you can just isolate yourself, uh, you know, turn off the TV if you have to work in the kitchen, so you don't have that background noise Uh, Mm. any little thing can pull your distraction. And i found that even just if I have my phone in the room, uh, I'll look at my phone or something. And just like anyone else, it takes me 10, 20, 30 minutes or heaven forbid, even longer to get back on track if I pick (laughs) it up. Uh, So I really try to keep my phone outside of the room unless I'm expecting a call or some kind of communication from my boss that might be urgent. Um, And that's really, I know a lot of people have been working from their garage uh, here in Oklahoma, USA, uh, it can range anywhere from 40 degrees to 90 degrees within three days, Mm -hmm. so that weather shift might throw you off, too, so just any way that you can find a consistent and isolated workspace, I think, is a big part of staying focused and staying on track.
0: No, for sure. And you mentioned it a little bit there when it came to communication with your boss and I guess the just general kind of workflow management that you're doing when it comes to working from home. And that, you know, in the typical office environment, you can pop your head around someone's door and ask for work or correlate directly with your boss. How did you kind of take that approach when it comes to working remotely in terms of receiving your tasks, managing them and kind of updating you know those in your working line as to how you were getting on with them? Yes, so uh,
1: my boss, he will either call or email to assign tasks. Uh, he has several cases that he has three different law clerks helping him on. So email is a big thing for us. Uh, mm-hmm. I have kind of taken on the role ever since this new semester has started. as kind of like a technology centered law clerk. So mm-hmm. I've helped kind of get us on to Microsoft teams and other platforms like that that can help us organize and prioritize tasks among us. Um, but again, most of it is email. Uh, if he has specific instructions and doesn't have time for a phone call, he will text each one of us. But a lot of it is just being able to leverage that kind of communication through email, text message, phone call. Um, and we've even done just last week, we did a phone conference mediation session for one Mm -hmm. of our clients. So especially now more than ever, it's being important for us to be adaptable and, open to new lines of communication. So whereas in an office space, you might poke your head in. My boss might just call me on the phone or shoot me a text. And Mm -hmm. emails are essentially the same that I expect. A lot of my peers have uh, gone through with an in-office environment Mm -hmm. and that they're more detailed, they're more formal. uh, They lay out a little more, uh, instruction than just popping your head in would, Mm um, But again, that's just, you have to be able to balance which which communication uh, you need for a certain message. If it's less formal, you can send a text. If it's something that's very detailed and you need a lot of instruction on, it's probably best to send an
0: email. No, that's a great tip there in segmenting all of your different tasks and giving them that kind of different level of priority and method, like you said. And you touched on it there a little bit when it came to you know mediating the client. Have you found that the kind of client experience of, of you working remotely, you know, even before this whole coronavirus thing started, um, what was their sort of reception to it? Was it that they were used to it? Or were they expecting something different?
1: Um, so I, my boss had used remote clerks before and the clients that I've been able to communicate with, um, they don't seem inconvenienced by it. It doesn't necessarily seem like they're, uh, really excited about it, but most of my communication hasn't been on, a very personal basis it's been more uh, litigation based so i'll need an answer for discovery or something along those lines so it's not necessarily like very enjoyable conversations most of the time anyway but they definitely don't seem like it's an inconvenience or a hassle for them to take a phone call instead of meeting with you and in fact i think most of them with how busy they are they probably tend to prefer a phone call over having to drive up to an office anyways. And I think Mm -hmm. that's one of the benefits of having not even just remote work, but just being able to do that for clients is, hey, I don't have to see you face to face. We can Mm -hmm. set up this phone call, this video session. Uh, You can do it from home if you have kids that you can't leave alone. Mm -hmm. Uh, And it's just, again, it's meeting the clients where they need you. Uh, And I think especially now
0: more than ever, that's going to be really important. No, for sure. And we mentioned that obviously one of the, Clear benefits to the idea of flexibility and, and meeting clients where they need it. Um, outside of that kind of flexibility nature, do you think there are some other, you know, really big takeaways that we can take from this kind of fle- flexible working structure that we've al- has almost been forced upon us as the result of this pandemic? You know, the idea of greater productivity or greater, um, you know, employee well-being. Do you can do you see those as real tenants of, of working from home?
1: Yes, I think the employee wellness is a big part of it. Again, I was not very enthusiastic about the idea of working 80 hours a week just for six, seven, eight years just to try and make partner somewhere, and um, mm. and I just knew in my gut that there was a better way to do this, that there is a better way for me to make a living and provide for my family than to sacrifice my livelihood just for uh, money. Um, mm. And I think that that being one of the big drivers for me, I think is really important. Um, And then along with that, I think you probably do lose a little bit of productivity, especially in the transition phase. Uh, Mm -hmm. That's almost without a doubt. It's an adjustment. It throws you off your center. And I think it does take a long time to get over, but I think once you have a rigid schedule, once you have your isolated space, if you have those kind of resources to devote to your work or to your study, um, I think there's no reason that you can't be just as productive, if not more productive than you can in an office environment. I know all throughout undergrad, I would have a dedicated, uh, study area, whether it's just a desk in a corner or a specific spot in a library, And once you get that spatial orientation and your brain associates it with work, then you can go to that spot and you will more easily be able to focus on work rather than looking at your phone or watching the TV. And that's another reason why I suggest if you're working in the kitchen, you turn off the TV because if it's on, your brain is going to think I need to go watch this. Like it's on for a reason. I watch TV Mm. when it's on. So if it's off, then you don't have that distraction pulling at you and you can focus more energy on what's right in front of you.
0: this episode of the more from law podcast is sponsored by the legis looking to find your next role or find the right employee the legis full service online platform can help by using smart technology to keep the recruitment process as simple and transparent as it can be you can filter opportunities not just by location and role but by practice area pqe level employee benefits and many other factors if you're looking to hire accompany job listings with pre-interview questions categorize them effectively and have a live listing in minutes you can advertise all your legal vacancies with legis at www.thelegis.co.uk. also offering free job listings for Legal intern, volunteer, and training contract positions. So uh, most of this episode, we've talked a little bit about kind of working from home generally and some tips and advice that you'd give to those who are having to cope with it in this current climate. Um, But I did want to ask you a little bit more about lawyers specifically. So um, I think lawyers as a whole are quite traditional, they're quite risk averse and having to try something like this is obviously very new for them. And um, it's clear that there are certain kind of legal and and other tasks that they can and can't do as well working from home. Um, you know, you said you worked with investigation. What were your sort of main tips when it came to managing work from that legal perspective and meeting um, legal clients? Was there an added element you, to it, do you think, because of the legal nature of the work versus other tasks that other professions might be doing?
1: So I would agree. Uh, lawyers typically do not seem to innovate as at a high rate like other professions have uh, mm-hmm. leading up to this point. Um, but I think there is actually a lot that we can do from home. You actually. Here in the U.S., you see firms that operate almost entirely on a limited representation basis, and they conduct all their business from home. So it is possible to do legal work and representation for Mm -hmm. clients from home. Um, As a litigation intern, uh, there's a lot that we just can't stay home to do. For instance, if there's a trial, my boss has to show up to court. And -hmm. if there's a deposition that we need to videotape, Obviously, he has to go do that. Uh, I have not driven up to Missouri to do anything, but I have still assisted on uh, writing up depositions, doing e-discovery stuff and responses to motions uh, and a lot of that stuff. So I think really, unless something requires you to be in person or if there is a clear advantage to being present in person, I think most everything, at least preparation-wise, can be done remotely if you need it to be. So until we start seeing people go to trial over things coming up in this coronavirus pandemic that we have right now, um, Mm -hmm. a lot of the
0: legwork can be done from your home. I mean, you can do it. Now, that's really interesting you made that point because I really did want to ask you about that. So in the UK, um, as a result of the lockdown, as part of a sort of emergency coronavirus bill, there's been a lot of discussion about increasing the tech capabilities for firms to hear trials and hear um, you know parts of the court process over things like Skype and video. Um, what's your sort of thoughts on that? Do you think that this is more of a kind of potential short-term fix or is there a real argument here that increasing access to justice through those sorts of means of, you know, video calls and telephone calls and whatnot are actually really important and are a a kind of a key lesson to be learned from, from this whole situation.
1: Yeah. I think just like anything else, the law and the legal profession will have to change to accommodate us in the future. Uh, Mm -hmm. I think this pandemic is going to be a push towards some of those changes. Uh, like you mentioned, those video conferences, zoom calls for, uh, litigation, and in lieu of appearing in court i think those could become very important as both short term short term uh, and long-term solutions to some of those problems Uh, for short term obviously we can't have a bunch of people showing up in a courtroom sitting right next to each other Uh, we have all the issues of spreading the virus so in the short term if we can get zoom meetings and conference calls in that manner uh, to resolve litigation, then we can achieve both justice and public health safety. And in the long term, I can see it being applied in say corporate matters or um, even small claims courts, things that might not even take several days of showing up in court if you can show up and get it done in 30 minutes in front of a judge. I think that can really accommodate clients so they won't have to travel to the courthouse to be present, Uh, won't have to bill clients for uh, traveling to those places, so it can keep costs down, it can give people access, and especially for small claims, any way we can cut the costs of, any way we can cut what we charge our clients in small claims, then that benefits us because we can get more work done, we can have more clients, and we can be more effective Uh, than we could by traveling back and forth all the time and having a lot of excess costs in those activities.
0: Sure. So we've outlined one argument there in terms of the access to justice that courts um, could, could could potentially learn from this whole sort of pandemic and the, the idea of remote working. But just generally speaking on the topic, um, I don't know much about the situation in the US, but I know that in the UK, um, you know, law firms have begun to experiment with remote work, and of course now, given this whole situation, it's been sort of scaled up to a, to a size that I'm sure not many firms would ever have imagined having to do. Um, so just a simple question then: Do you think that this level of Remote work, or at least the opportunity to pursue it if if an employee wanted to, is here to stay. Do you think there is an effective argument that can be made to convince law firms that um, this is going to be something to be pursued post pandemic? Absolutely. Um,
1: You're going to have large firms that are going to require you to be in the office for several hours over the 40 hour uh, limitation of being full time here in the US. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, if if you are not a partner, if you're not working on litigation, I think a lot of firms are going to retain some of the training that they take away from this pandemic. They're being forced to be exposed to some of these tools and they're going to see, hey, if we don't have to force people to be in the office, we can let them work from home on a more regular basis without them having to use a, a travel days or sick days. You know, if someone just has a cough that they don't want to spread to the entire office, but they're still capable of working, okay, work from home. Like, we have a structure in place ever since 2020. We know how to handle this, so do that. And I think a lot of firms are going to take that and leverage it to their advantage so that they can get more work out of their employees while also uh, improving the longevity of those employees by not forcing them to come into the office whenever they're not feeling necessarily great, but where they're still capable of working. And I think that is going to relieve a lot of stress from people. They don't have to make the hard decision of, do I go to work today or do I use a sick day or a travel day just so I don't infect other people with whatever kind of bug I have.
0: other question i wanted to ask you as well was you kind of mentioned it there in terms of relating to those currently working in the office and you're working from home Um, what was your sort of advice to people who are listening and who think that you know working from home intensely might mean that they're missing out on um i guess the true goings-on of the office life or feeling that they're not going to be part of that mechanical cog of productivity um, with those who are working in the office is there any truth to that claim or do you still feel it's it's entirely possible to you know collaborate with people in an office whilst working from home yourself
1: So collaboration is definitely possible. Uh, At OU Law, we get a lot of training on cloud softwares, uh, cloud storage and the like. So we use Microsoft Word and the guest feature where you can invite someone to come in and edit a document in real time with you so you can see where their cursor is, you can see what changes they're making. So a lot of that collaboration is still in play in that regard. I think there is an argument to be made that the social aspect of working in an office can be lost. And Mm -hmm. obviously you're not seeing people face to face. There's a lot of relationship building and communication that you lose just by not being able to see someone physically in front of you. Uh, that's the way we're wired to communicate. We're wired to pick up on those, uh, physical movements, uh, eye contact, things like that. And it's really hard to get that even through a video call. Video calls can help reduce some of that loss in communication, but it won't be able to supplant that person to person. So I think really a balance of each, especially if you live within the same city that you're working remotely, it's entirely possible to still go to social events with the office. And that way you can have a face and a person to put with the name on your computer and that can be really important for departments that operate entirely online or their workers are entirely from home because i think that sense of community would be really important to build up an effective and collaborative environment that people can get the best work done uh, as efficiently as possible
0: and one last question i did want to ask you in terms of working from home is there a certain type of person who is you know, more suited to that lifestyle than the office environment? And how do you know if it's, if it's really for you? What's your piece of advice? So I would say the person best suited to work from home is someone that enjoys
1: not necessarily isolation, but separation from people. Uh, if you find it easier to work when people are not poking their head in, uh, people are not walking by and distracting you in the office. If you have that isolated place, um, I think those people are best suited. If you're someone that really thrives on being in the office environment, being around other people and building those relationships, and you need to be able to relate that to your work, uh, you're gonna kind of struggle with the transition, and you're gonna really need, like I talked about, social social events to get to know your coworkers because you're not seeing them face to face. But really, I think it just comes down to, are you disciplined? Are you structured enough to get your work done at home? Uh, And if you are and you don't rely on that social aspect, you can enjoy the social aspect. But if you rely on it, then I think your work is going to be hindered if you're working from home. Um, But again, if you can be separated, if you can be focused, I think there's no reason that you can't do a bulk
0: of your work, if not all of it, from home. Fantastic. And that's, you've shared some really great tips about this episode. Um, I really appreciate it. And I'm hoping that people uh, currently sort of facing this current pandemic will be able to take some of the tips you've, you've given and to um, hopefully review remote work in a different light once um, the, the pandemic is hopefully over. Where can people go to learn more about you? Yeah, so
1: I am most active on uh, Twitter. So I have a personal Twitter page. That My handle is Cole Reynolds underscore five eight. And so if anyone wants to follow me, uh send me a message there. They are more than welcome. I also have control over our OU TALUS, so that's Technology and Legal Innovation Society page on Twitter, which is at OU TALUS. If they would like to follow that, you know, we are planning on possibly putting together a podcast to kinda go over some more of these tips and insights that we have as students. It's a student run organization. So if you're at all interested in that kind of content, then look for that and follow the OU Talis page. So Twitter is probably the best way to get a hold of me.
0: Yeah, that's great. Fantastic. And I'll be following the uh, the updates on the podcast with great interest. Um, but for now, thanks so much for coming on this one and for sharing all of your tips on a remote working call. I really appreciate it. Yeah, I
1: appreciate the opportunity. It's been great.
0: Yeah, great. Thanks, Cole. Really appreciate it. Thank I- <laughs> you. Cheers. <music> Thanks so much for listening to this episode of the More From Law podcast. If you enjoyed the episode and want to support the show, please share it with your network and leave a review on the iTunes store. It's really appreciated. If you want to stay up to date on the show, follow and subscribe to the More From Law podcast on your podcast platform of choice, or follow me on Instagram, Twitter, and LinkedIn at the profile Harry Clark Law. See you in the next episode.